heart's desire when we pray. Holy Spirit, lift us higher when we pray. When we your name be our petition when we pray, when we pray, when we pray, 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 Lord show us the way, pray, pray, mm-hmm. when you When you pray, just take hold of these commandments. When you pray, know that He is your crying. When you
battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tide, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I have allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, in all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return, and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me. 
whether they are people, unhealthy relationships, environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan, who is the of this world. The world around me is not my home, and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices, and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and the pride that is in the world are set against me on all sides. The hope that I have is impatiently walking according to your word and staying firm to the covenant I have made with you. The world cannot strip me of my authority, but I can hand it over. I will not be deceived by what I see, hear, or how I feel. If it is not of God, then it is for my destruction. Help me, Lord, to see the spirit behind the temptation. The word tells me that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I rebuke and bind every influence that seeks to draw me away from you. For it is nothing more than a gateway to hell and will rob me of my eternal destiny. Father, I know you are able to do all things, and there is nothing that is impossible for you. Right now, Lord, I remember my first love, and I am prepared today to exercise faith in the light of circumstances. Sacrifice my own wants and desires in order to embrace yours. Stand on the word of God, even if it causes me to be peculiar. Deny my flesh and feelings, regardless of the temptation, and not make decisions based on what I see or think. I will forget about the past and press towards the mark. I will walk as a prophet of God, put my head up, and if anybody is there to encourage me, then I will encourage myself. I will not be ashamed to follow the examples of Christ, even in the face of persecution, to think differently in the light of the negative labels and slander I may endure. Nor will I be afraid to take a stand in the minority, even if it seems as if the whole world is standing against me. I am willing to abstain when others are eager to participate, to speak out when my words may cause me to be ostracized, and to believe the Bible even when it is the unpopular thing to do. In other words, I am prepared to live like Jesus. I release my faith right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with, and regardless of what odds are against me, I will be steadfast and unmovable. I am an elite company and encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. The words of this prayer will comfort me, build up my spirit, man, and encourage me in the way. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down Satan and his forces of darkness from any involvement, activity, or distractions in this prayer. I commission my angels to come against every thought, feeling, influence, and hindrance that is set against me. I stand in the gap for my family and friends and pursue the Lord with all of my heart. Even as I hear the words of this prayer, my body is regenerating itself. My body is preparing itself for another productive day. My body is developing according to your plan and health is being released in all of my organs, tissue, bones, bodily systems, veins, arteries, and muscle. My brain is processing the information consistent with your word and filtering out everything that is not of you. My heart is being protected from all ungodly influences and my innocence is being guarded. I have and will always have a sound mind that is saturated in your word. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
I rebuke evil spirits from attaching to me in any way, shape, or form. They have no place, familiarity, or invitation in my life. They do not enter into my eyes, my ears, my mind, or my heart. My spirit, man, has victory over them all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down, and break all generational curses. I decree by the blood of the Lamb and the power given to me as joint heir with Jesus Christ that I will not be the victim of physical, mental, or emotional abuse, nor will I have, serve, or entertain idols or false gods. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I decree that I am not a covenant breaker, and my yea is yea and my nay is nay. I pray, Lord, that you protect me from all hurt, harm, pain, and danger, and those that mean me ill will. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have the patience of Job, the meekness of Moses, the heart of David, the favor of Joseph, the ear of Samuel, the courage of Joshua, the wisdom of Daniel, the zeal of Peter, the love of John, the faithfulness of Abraham, and the boldness of Paul. I abide in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of my life, and even now these fruits are growing in me. Lord, help me to be a person of great faith, consistent in good deeds, and a constant encourager. I will continue to love you with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. In the name of Jesus and the power of your blood, I pray, Lord, that you are first in everything that I do, and I have no priority greater than you all the days of my life. I am eternally connected to you and have an expectation in heaven. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that my face be before the Lord always and that your angels encamp around me and deliver me. Order my steps in the word and design my days according to your will. The Lord touches my mouth and puts his words in it. Lord, I will go wherever you send me and speak whatever you give me to speak. I am not afraid of their faces because your sword protects me at all times. Father, you are my sustainer, my provider, my comforter, my guide, my strength, and most of all, my friend. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I equip myself right now with the whole armor of God that I am covered from head to toe in every aspect of my life. There should be no parts of my life that are exposed on the inside or out, but all should be covered by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I put on the helmet of salvation. I have been redeemed from all traces of poverty, and I rebuke and bind a poverty spirit. You supply all of my needs, and I am blessed all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I speak abundant harvest in my life. My bank accounts are overflowing, and my barns are full. The blessings of the Lord overtake and pursue me all the days of my life. I speak financial security and wholeness over my family and the perfect will of God in my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and curse the spirit of death. I shall not see untimely death, nor shall death have any hold over me. I shall fulfill all of my days, months, hours, years, minutes, and seconds. I have divine order in my life, and death has no grip on me. A thousand shall fall by my side, and ten thousand by my right hand but it shall not come nigh me. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, my feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Peace rests upon me and covers my mind and heart. I have peace in the midst of storms, chaos, and confusion. Your peace comforts me in times of trial and sustains me from being weary. It surpasses all understanding, rendering logic helpless, and my faith sustains me. Father, you are an awesome God. You are not a million miles away, but right here with me each and every day. You walk with me, talk with me, and guide me every step of the way. You love me, and I rest in you, and I know that you are my God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have been empowered with the sword of the Spirit, and I have authority over all power of Satan. I rejoice and celebrate that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
The sword of the Lord shall never depart from me, and I speak boldness into my spirit. I rebuke, bind, and cast down the spirit of fear. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When I walk through the waters, you are with me. When I go through the rivers, you help me. And when I pass through the fire, the flame does not kindle upon me. You have set your love upon me, and you protect me all the days of my life. The hedge of protection rests on me, and your fire shall be in my spirit. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, the shield of faith is an extension of my arm. My faith shall not fail me, and I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you said it, then I know that you will do it. You shall not withhold any good thing from me, and you are able to perform your word in my life. I fortify my faith by releasing the promises of God into my life. Every word you have spoken concerning my destiny shall be established and come to pass, and my enemies shall not prevail against me. In the name of Jesus, I pray over my marriage. I pray that my marriage will continue to be everything that the word of God called it to be. My marriage shall be built on faithfulness, trust, loyalty, and a mutual love of God. You shall be the head of my house, at the center of everything we do. And the word of God shall be the binding and final authority in all matters. I am God's ambassador in my house, and I shall cover my spouse all the days of my life. Through my word, examples, character, and deeds, my marriage is blessed and washed in the blood and shall weather any challenges that arise against it. Our love continues to grow stronger each day as the Lord allows us to see more of him in one another. If I am single, then I confess total contentment within myself, wholeness in my life, patience to wait on God and security in Christ. I am a person of high self-esteem and significant value to the kingdom. I will not compromise my covenant with God, nor will I allow fear to cause me to operate in the fleshly realm. I exercise complete and total control over my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I do not leave any doors open for Satan to sneak in. I understand that every relationship is not for me. Every person does not have my best interests. All that glitters isn't gold, and every sugary thing is not sweet. In the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted by counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing. I will not lower my biblical expectations, nor will I give in to the pressures of the world. I have total confidence in God and the plan that he has for my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my children to you, Lord, and trust you to impart me with the ability and wisdom to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I make a commitment to my children to openly receive the instruction in your word on how to raise them, love them, and properly present them before you at that day. I pray that your calling and purpose will be fulfilled in them and ask that you guide and direct me in all matters concerning them. I shall be careful to represent you before them in everything that I say or do. I commit to live holy before them and set godly examples for them to follow. I shall not be a hypocrite, and I shall practice what I preach. I shall be a provider and protector for them and make whatever sacrifices are necessary to ensure them a wonderful life. I shall fight to preserve their innocence and protect them from the brainwashing of the world. My expectation in them shall come to pass, and the blessings set out in your words shall be established in them. My children shall see you in everything that I say and do. In the name of Jesus, I seal my soul to the words of this covenant, that it is the declaration of my heart, that every word be lined up with the perfect will of God, and line by line with his understanding. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be the final arbitrator of my mind and heart, and that this covenant be in all ways pleasing in the sight of God. I thank you, Lord, that you love me, and that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, for a mind to share intimate fellowship with you. I thank you that these words shall be established in my heart and mind, that they shall be a part of me and guide and direct my paths at all times. 
I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this second chance. I look forward to your return, and I know that nothing that I have done or sacrificed has been in vain. Thank you for this life, who I am in Christ, and for all blessings you have bestowed upon me. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, and good evening, and welcome to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. Amen. Amen. That's a wonderful prayer. I love it. Oh, I love that prayer. That is Pastor Aaron Hobson. He wrote that prayer. And so now you can get it in a CD and a book. Yes, and it it just touched everything. I mean, when he said prayer, it's for everybody. That's right. It gets every situation going on in yours and my life. So we're going to be talking about taming the tongue. Taming the tongue. Taming the tongue. Oh, well, that's, that's something I don't think it's ever been, I don't think it's ever been done. But no, it, it, it happened. <laughs> but through the Bible, he'll let us know just how it can be done. We're going to start with uh, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 37. For by your words you will be justified and acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned and sentenced. Mm. 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 Go ahead. We, I tell you, we, we better watch our, our, words. our words. We better watch our words. Because we'll be condemned by what we say. That's right. Or otherwise, we'll be judged by what we say. Exactly. We put it both ways. So with some people get some people say, hmm, judge. You will be judged by what you say. That's right. Words hold tremendous power. We don't go to Proverbs in the Old Testament as well. Yeah, so. Proverbs, Old Testament. So we are, we got to watch it. Be careful mm-hmm. with what we speak. Yeah. Speak life. 25, 11. A word fitly spoken in due season is like apples of gold in setting of silver. Wow. Fitly mm. spoken. Praise and poetry, stories can shape lives in profound ways. What we say may linger for days or even years. Children, for example, absorb words like sponges. That's why they soon speak fluently whatever language they grow up hearing. It's also why the message they hear about themselves may foreshadow their future success or failure. For better or worse, the communication style of parent, parents is replicated and amplified in their children. And that is true. Well, you know, I, I can remember <clears throat> some things that were said to me when I went to grade school. Me too. That was not nice. And I can remember the people that said, that, said those to me. Yes. It's just like your first impression is your last. Yes, it is. You know, you, you when you meet somebody, if that impression is good, you'll always you remember, always remember that. it. If it was bad, you'll, you'll, remember always, that too. you'll remember that too. That's right. So the written word is powerful too and even more lasting. Most powerful of all is God's word. Consider we're going to go to Psalm 119. So we will always, be careful always what we speak. be kind. 
That's right, 105. Be kind and courteous and respectful of others, always. Always, yeah, let's do that. Because God's word is even more powerful, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's another powerful word. So Jesus directed the attention of disciples away from temporal blessings to something much more vital. We're going to go to John in the New Testament. We in love description. Oh, yeah. John 6 and verse 63. John 6, 63. Okay. That's right. All right, there we go. It is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There is no profit in it. The words, truths that I have been speaking to you of spirit and life. Spirit and life. So the words that he speak are spirit and life. So that's what he's telling us. So we can't speak good on life into somebody's life. We speak, we speak death. We speak death. Mm -hmm. So don't say anything. That's why he said, say, if we can't say something good, don't say nothing don't at all. Say nothing at all. Just See, keep your mouth shut. That's what he's saying. He said words can soothe and reassure or poison and contaminate. That's right. So how often have you said something you wish you could take back? Oh, in this world, in this day and time, we have all did that. Lord knows. That's why I try, Lord's will, to be careful in what I say. Well, that's why he tells you to think before you, you speak. speak. That's right, he does. That's why he tells you to think before you speak. And a lot of times we don't. We just speak and we say it and it's done. You yeah. can't take it back. And take it back. So we're going to go to James chapter 3 and verse 1. Yep, that's why we speak before we think. And uh, Chapter 3. James chapter 3 and verse 1. <laughs> Not many of you should become teachers, self-constituted censors, reprovers of others. My brethren, for you know that we teachers will be judged by a higher standard and with greater severity than other people. Thus we assume the greater accountability, the more condemnation. So we got to remember teachers in the church and in Christian schools have an especially heavy responsibility because they shape minds and hearts in ways that will last for years. So this effect includes rippling impact they will have on many others beyond their immediate sphere of influence. The more we know, the more responsible we become for utilizing and imparting that knowledge. That is true. God do not in this word, what he said, he does not condemn us for what we don't know. Right, right. He does not hold us responsible for what we don't know, but what we what do, we do know. know. And that is, that's right. very true. At the entrance to the Tinsdale House Library in Cambridge, 
England is a plaque reminding every scholar who enters there the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see, and that's in Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10. Man is not the measure of all things. God is, and all true education begins and ends with him. Unfortunately, as knowledge increases, dependence on God on God tends to diminish. It is too often practiced and taught, for example, that science functions independently from God. Some teachers of theologian and striving for credibility also may utilize methods that leave little or no room for faith. So as a result, faith can gradually get squeezed out of the minds and hearts of both teachers and students. But as long as education, educated for eternity, not just for this world, is uppermost for teachers and students alike, learning will be a precious, even inspirational endeavor. Yeah, see, God the whole is responsible for that. These teachers are, uh, are learning and they're teaching this, um, <clears throat> this crap that uh, it's false, false uh, documents mm -hmm. that uh, they're teaching. God is going to hold them responsible for teaching it. Teaching about evolution and, and all yeah, that. That's evolution. Not Man yeah. came from the eighth and all that crap. Uh, let me tell you what, you're going to pay for it. You're going to have to pay down sooner or later. You're going to have to pay for it because you know better and you're misleading God's uh, uh, children. That's exactly right because Paul understood this responsibility for he trained and ordained leaders in churches he raised up. And we can look at that in Acts chapter 14 and verse 23. Yeah. So, so when you when you know and you train, uh, verse fourteen, uh, and you and you misteach, twenty-three, mm -hmm. and you still teach, and you're gonna you're gonna be, you know, responsible, responsible for that. For that and when they had appointed and ordained elders for them in each church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord, in whom they had come to believe, being full of joyful. Being full of joyful trust that he is the Christ, the Messiah. And we also want to go to Titus as well. Titus, T I T U S, chapter 1. That's a small book. Chapter 1. Small book. And verse 5. For this reason I left you behind in Crete, that you might set right what was defective and finish what was left undone. And that you might appoint elders and set them over the churches, assemblies in every city as I directed you. So he even gave instructions to Timothy to guard God's flock from inexperienced and unwise shepherds. So a warning that some are always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. First we want to look at First Timothy. And, and I wonder why the first Timothy. First Timothy chapter one, um, starting at verse three, and uh, not able to come. I wonder why. Well, we'll we'll also get to that too. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I
So as I urge you, when I was on my way to Macedonia, stay on where you are at Ephesus, in order that you may warn and admonish and charge certain individuals not to teach anything, any different doctrines, nor, nor to give importance to or occupy themselves with legends, fables, myths, and endless genealogies, which fosters and promote useless speculations and questioning rather than acceptance and faith of God's administration and the divine training that is in faith, in the meaning of the entire human personality on God, in absolute trust and confidence. Verse 5, whereas the object and purpose of our instruction and charge is love, which springs from a pure heart, and a good, clear conscience and sincere, unfeigned faith. But certain individuals have missed the mark on this very matter and have wandered away into vain arguments and discussion and purposely talk, purposeless talk. They are ambitious to be doctors of the law, teachers of the Mosaic ritual, but they have no understanding either of the words and terms they use, or of the subjects about which they make such dogmatic assertions. So this is a warning. We're going to go um, also three. First Timothy three. First Timothy three two seven. Starting at verse two. Now a bishop, superintendent, overseers must give no ground for accusation, but must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, circumspect and temperate and self-controlled, he must be sensible and well-behaved and dignified and led and, and lead an orderly, disciplined life. He must be hospitable, showing love for and being a friend to the believers, especially strangers or foreigners, and be a capable and qualified teacher, not given to wine, not combative, but gentle and considerate, not quarrelsome, for, but forbearing and peaceable, and not a lover of money, insatiable for wealth, and ready to obtain it by questionable means. Now, I'm not going to read all of this, but he's talking about the bishop. Mm-hmm. And see, we're going to go to Second Timothy chapter. Okay, we're going to go to. We in three, excuse me. We're going to Second Timothy instead of first. Second Timothy chapter three and verse seven. All right, these weak women will listen to anybody who will teach them. They are forever inquiring and getting information, but are never able to arrive at a recognition, recognition, and knowledge of the truth. Mm. So that's a problem, too. See, parents carry a weighty responsibility in teaching their children, who in turn influence others. All of us, in fact, by example we set, can have a profound influence on those around us. How important, then, that we seek God's wisdom, which he has promised us. And see, we got to remember that. It's like he said right here in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 7, Weak women will listen to anybody mm-hmm. who would teach them. And they are forever inquiring and getting information. 
You yeah. see people like that, women all like that all the time. Yeah, yeah, you listen to anybody teach anything from any book, from anywhere. And we, we can't do that. We, we got we got we got to do that. We are loving, listening to one and teaching straight up from the Bible. But all I said, we're not teaching from that word right there. There's no light in it. There's no light in it. We're not talking about all women. We're talking about some, these are women that are weak. Yeah, some yeah. women are not, yeah, we're not talking about all listen to anybody say anything and we'll run with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to go to James chapter 1 and verse 5. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him, so that we might model his ways and exert a godly influence. For we all, for good or for bad, do exert influence over others. That's what we gotta remember. That no matter what we do, we have to be careful to, and because we have influence, whether we want to influence others or not. Yeah, we do. We all do. Yeah. We all do. But I always, uh, always when someone uh, tell me something or, uh, or whatever that comes from the word, I always go back and check. That's always right. go back and check in God's word. And see if what that person's saying is true. I don't care if he is a preacher. I still check. I still go back and check. I don't let anybody just tell me something and I don't go to see if it's the God true. You see, we gotta remember, I know it's a lot of people that have influenced all of us at a young age. It was either we we have I have positive influence from older people. Mm -hmm. You know, that influenced me in a lot of positive ways. And then you have others that influence you in bad ways. But, you know, it's up to us. But somebody will always influence you, good or bad. Let's yeah. Just remember that. And you, too, will also influence somebody for good or bad. Well, because the devil don't stop they using don't stop. people. You know, oh. He doesn't stop using people for his good. And so that's how we have to... We have to do our research and, and, and check on things because the devil used whomever allow him to use them. And so therefore you have to uh, do your research to see if what people tell you has light in it or not. That's right. We're going to also go to uh, James chapter 3 and verse 2. Oh, thank you. All right. For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things, he is a fully developed character and perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. Hmm. But we ain't there yet. No, we are. <laughs> so, oh, no, we're a long way from that. Exactly. I, I'm speaking for myself. I, I know that I'm not there yet. I don't know about you. When I become perfect, I will be in heaven. Right. I will be in heaven, and, and I'm not there yet, so I know I'm not perfect. That's right. So what a refreshing admission, especially considering James 
emphasis on behavior, still our acknowledgement of the real need not dim our belief in God's idea for us as his representatives on earth. That's what he was saying. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his own body. The form of the condition in Greek implies that not stumbling in word is a real possibility. The importance of words can scarcely be overestimated. Thoughts lead to words, which in turn leads to actions. Words also reinforce what we think. Thus, they influence not only what we do, but also what others do. Amen. So we are interconnected through language. So, and that is the truth of you. Remember, you know, even with our kids, when we we have to train our kids, and if we don't train them in the right manner, what happens? That's right. They come. They they are what you teach them. That's right. They are what you teach and some them. Some people say, "Well, do as I say, not as I do." But most importantly, they do more of what you do than what you say. Well, you know, the kids are more of watching uh, the action the than action. they are that's listening. Right. They, they watch you and do as you do, and that's the way it is. Exactly. In other words, young children are impressionable, but like trees that grow stiffer and more fixed, children resist change more as they age. In one sense, we are all teachers whether in the home or in the church, because our words have so much power. It's important to bathe our thoughts in God's word early in the day. After all, what feeds our thoughts and words, God's spirit are another source. Well, see, kids nowadays are like this. See, kids nowadays are not, they're not ignorant. They're not stupid. They watch you. And they want to know, how can you do this, but I can't. Yes, right. So we must lead by example. If yes, we're going right. to teach something, then we have to walk that walk. That's right. We speak it, we also got to walk it. That's right. We can't teach one thing and and do something else because our kids are not stupid. They they know what we're saying. And we're saying one thing, but doing another. They want to know why is this. Why are you saying this, but, but you're you walking another way? And that's why they imitate more of your actions than what you tell them to do. There you go. So we must be a leader and lead in the right way and walk that walk and talk it as well as walk it. That's right. So before we go on to more Taming the Tongue, we're going to have a song. We want you to keep it locked in on LPJ. 64 Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. Come on and lift your hands right now all over the building. Come on and concentrate on him for he's a great God. He's an awesome God. He's worthy of the praise. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him right where you are. Come on, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Concentrate on him and who he is. Come on, right now, right now, right where you are, even in your present state. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Come on and praise him. 
he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Concentrate on him and who he is.
joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And if you just joined us, we are talking about taming the tongue. And boy, I tell you, that, that thing is hard to tame. <laughs> you can't tame it. I'm telling you, you can't. It's, it's, it's a job. Without Jesus, you won't never be able to do it. That's right. You'll never be able to do it without Jesus. No, you will not. You know, we must not underestimate the enormous changes that are possible through God's Word. And we're going to look at Psalm 33. In the Old Testament, Psalm chapter 33 and verse 6. 33 verse 6. All right. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all their hosts, by the breath of his mouth. Wow. Mm. And we're going to also go in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. That's why he said we cannot underestimate the enormous changes that are possible through God's word. Mm -hmm. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God, who had who said, "Let light shine out of darkness," has shone in our hearts so as to bring forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty, majesty and glory of God, as it is manifested in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. that's, that's powerful, as that's opposed powerful. to other sources. So His Word. It's powerful, so that's why we need his word. We need it. We need it. Got to have it. That's right. Can't make it without it. <coughs> his word is the light. It's the light of our path. That's right. We his word is a lamp unto our light. feet and a light unto our path. So words are so potentially powerful that with just a few sentences, you can devastate a person. Perhaps for the rest of his or her life. On the other hand, positive words can uplift someone, perhaps for just as long. Well, we got to remember that. You know, we're going to go back to uh, James. James chapter 3, 3, 4, and 5. Chapter 3, 3, 4, and 5. <laughs> If we set bits in the horse's mouth to make them obey us, we can turn their whole bodies about. Likewise, look at the ships. Though they are so great and are driven by rough winds, they are steered by a very small ruler, wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it can be boast of great things. See how much wood or how great a force a tiny spark can set ablaze. 
So both the bit in a horse's mouth and the ruler of a ship are very small compared to what they control. Yet, with a slight movement of the hand, the horses or the ship's direction can be completely changed. So by the same token, even so, the tongue is a little member in both great things. So in other words, a word or even a look or a gesture might seem small, but each can change a friend into an enemy or transform a bad situation into something good. That's right. That's how powerful That's is. just how powerful That's how powerful it is. Wow. I'm going to go to Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 1. That's how powerful the time is. That's how it is powerful Proverbs. Yes. Chapter 15 and verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. So imagine a horse galloping at full speed and a ship slicing through the water at full throttle, but both headed in the wrong direction. The faster something goes, the further away it gets from its destination. So the best course then is to stop and turn around as soon as possible. The same is true of our words. If a conversation is going from bad to worse, the sooner we stop, the better. <laughs> that That's is right. so true. <laughs> the sooner you close your mouth, the then better. The conversation, you can turn all the way around. Well, you can turn around, but if you don't stop, then it could go from then, somebody killing each other. That's, right, that's, that's right. just how powerful. That's how powerful your tongue is. If you stop it in time, you have time to either turn around or close the whole thing off where nothing happens. You both can walk away or whatever the case What's your be. life? Right. So we're going to go to Luke in the New Testament, chapter 9. No. Luke, Matthew, Mark. Yeah. Is that, yeah. No, it's in the New Testament. Oh, I'm behind. Luke, right there. Luke chapter 9, starting at 51. So, what was Jesus' response to the suge suggestion of disciples? We'll start at Luke 9, 51. Now, when the time was almost come for Jesus to be received up to heaven, he steadfastly and determinedly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before him, and they reached and entered a, a Samaritan village to make things ready for him. But the people were not welcome or received or sent him, because his face was set as if he was going to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, observed this, they said, Lord, do you wish us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elijah did? <laughs> but he turned and rebuked and severely censored them. He said, you do not know of what sort of spirit you are. <clears throat> so although the disciples had a biblical precedent for their suggestion, but Jesus rejected the suggestion. His rebuke dramatically altered the situation. 
So the story ends simply by indicating that, let's look at 56. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them from the penalty of eternal death. And they sojourn, and they journeyed on to another village. Mm -hmm. So Jesus turned his rejection by the Samaritan village into a learning experience for his followers. So in the heat of the moment, when feelings rise up and clamor for us to defend ourselves, we can remember the example of Jesus and figuratively speaking, move on to another village. Yeah, move on. Move on. So as drops of water make the river, so little things make up life. Life is a river, peaceful, calm, and enjoyable, or it is troubled river, always casting up mirror and dirt. Wow, so it can be a calm river, that's a river of life, or we can stir it up, casting out all the dirt and the mire and all that stuff. So we gotta be careful in what we say, so that we can not so we can give a soft answer when need be. Yeah, that's what God tells us to give a soft answer, a soft answer during the way back. Exactly. So we've all experienced that something we say gets magnified, perhaps even exaggerated, to the point that we don't even recognize it anymore. So as James said, see how great a force a little fire kindles. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> And you know what, that is, we may laugh now, but you know what, so many people are dead today because of it. Yeah, you see, a little fire won't kindle very far. If you have a small fire, and if you don't keep throwing wood on it, it'll eventually go out. And that's what he's saying, that our it's tongues can be such yeah. a, it can start a fire, and it can be really great if we don't what? Put it out. Put it out. If you keep your mouth shut, and be quiet and control it, it eventually go out. Exactly. But if you keep throwing wood on it, don't tell them what you might have. That's why we're going to go to James chapter 3 and verse 6. Yeah, you don't know what you may have. And so, that's what God tells us. Chapter 3 and verse 6. Be careful, be careful, be careful what we say. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a world of wickedness and set among our members, contaminating and depraving the whole body and setting on fire the wheel of birth, the cycle of man's nature, being itself ignited by hell. Ooh. That's right. And that means the tongue is fire. Mm -hmm. It Man. is the power of evil places in our body. An evil wow. place. You know, it's the most evil place in our body. It sure is. It's the most evil place in our body. So it says, uh, he's saying about the powers of our tongue, our words to defile everything about us. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it makes all of the body unclean. Wow. So makes wow. All the body all unclean. All of the body unclean. <clears throat> So while fire, when used symbolically, can signify cleansing, more frequently refers to destruction, including the destructiveness of ill-advised words. 
we're going to look at uh, Proverbs 16, 27. We might look at it. We'll look at it again. Look at it again. Proverbs 16, once again. 27. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 27. All right. A worthless man divides and digs up mischief and his lips there is as a scorching fire. Mm -hmm. Now what does George say? A good for nothing man is a designer of evil, and in his lips there is a burning fire. That's so in his lips. What's in their lips is Tom. It's, it's a burning fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Now we're gonna go to Proverbs twenty six and verse twenty one. That's terrible. And verse 21, as coals are too hot embers, and as wood to fire, so is a cross of man to inflame strife. Wow. Okay. Like breath on coals and wood on fire, so a man given to argument gets a fire started. That's right. There it is. <laughs> so not only can a large fire start from a spark, it can also ravage and destroy with amazing speed. In the same way, words can destroy friendship, marriages, and reputations. They can sink, in, sink into a child's psychic and mar his or her self-concept in future development. It sure can. Words can get you killed. Oh, yes, it can. It See? can get you killed. It can get you just... Go away. Get you destroyed. Get destroyed. So sin originated on earth with a seemingly innocent question. And we're going to look in Old Testament, Genesis chapter 3, 1. It originated on earth with a seemingly innocent question. Genesis, Genesis 3 and chapter 1. Yeah, now yeah. the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made and he, Satan said to the woman, can it really be that God has said you should not eat from every tree of the garden? So it began in heaven in a similar way. Lucifer began to insinuate doubts concerning the laws that govern heavenly beings. So, the child. That tongue started from up there in heaven, yeah, it started and it started yeah. down here on earth, and it continues. Listen, yes, it's the old dead. So that shows you right there where the tongue started, right there in heaven. When Lucifer started lying on Jesus and saying that he was unfair, he was unjust God, That's right. he was too hard on the angels, and, and the tongue right there. So, exactly. So there's no exaggeration to say that the tongue set on fire by hell. <laughs> so while it is true that words once spoken are gone forever and that we cannot fully undo what we have said, we should do all we can to lessen the damage and correct what we can. Yes, like correct Amen. what we can. What you can correct Correct it and correct it now. That's right. And do it right now. Don't wait till later. Do later it. may be too late. Right. Later may be too late. 
So taking steps to make things right will also help us not to repeat the same mistake. For example, after a further revelation from God, Nathan the prophet returned to David immediately to correct something he had said. And we're going to look at 2 Samuel. Yeah. Chapter 7. Starting at verse 1. Alright. When King David dwelt in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells within, within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. That night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go, and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Should you build me a house in which to dwell? For I have not dwelt in a house since I brought the Israelites out of Egypt to this day, but have moved about with a tent for my dwelling. In all the places where I have moved with all the Israelites did I speak word to any from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to be shepherd of my people. Israel asked him, Why do you not build me a house of cedar? So now, say this to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from the, fo the following, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I was with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. I will make you a great name, like that of great men of the earth. I'm not going to finish all that, but he had to go back. Nathan had to go back to return to David and immediately correct something he said. So Peter wept bitterly over his denial of Christ and later demonstrated more openly the genuineness of his repentance. And that was in John 21 and verse 15 to 17, which we don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to get to read that. Though no man can tame the tongue, as in James 3.8, we are admonished to keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. And that's oh, in Psalm 34 and 13. Then that way we don't have to go back and correct that's right. you don't have something to correct. that he said. Right. You don't have to correct something you said. If you just think before you speak, then you won't have to go back and correct what you have said. Exactly. And Ephesians, we don't go to Ephesians. I have to read that. Ephesians chapter 4. Okay. And 29 through 32. Yep. This is the New Testament. Ephesians. I'm coming down. Yeah, keep on coming down. Not up, slow. Right. Ephesians chapter 4. Okay, chapter 4. 29. 29. Let it go. Right there. Alright. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing, gift, Grace, God's favor to those who hear it. 
and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him by whom you were sealed, marked, branded as God's own, secured for the day of redemption, of final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness, indignation, wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive, or blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind, and become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah. And there it is. There it is. And that's what he asked us to do. And we need to continue to pray for that because God, Jesus, left, left us an example that we shall follow that. That's right. And we follow that example right there will be with to not have to be always asking someone to forgive, to forgive us or correcting what we say wrong. Right. There you go. So we just want to thank you tonight for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing. We're going to come back with closing comments and our email address and we're going to play a song and we'll be back. Keep it locked in on LPJ 64.
All right, we just want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. Closing comments is we should speak of the mercy and loving kindness of God from the matchless depths of the Savior's love. Our words should be words of praise and thanksgiving. When Christ is thus revealed in our speech, it will have power in winning souls to him. And we just want to thank you. And when, if you have uh, any questions, Bible questions, or email, or you have a need prayer, you can email us at robtgina50 at gmail.com. Now it's time for prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. 
In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. And don't forget to come back to Wednesday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. We'll have Bible study once again and have a blessed night.